This is the Pool Together Community Podcast. Pool Together is the world's number one no-loss prize savings account. You can visit pooltogether.com to deposit. You're listening to the Pool Together Community Podcast. It's Merge Day. It's Merge Day today. And I'm your host, Hot Mike, a.k.a. Tim, a.k.a. I've got so many cats that I'm becoming one myself. And I'm here with Roz, co-founder of Guild, co-founder, right? There's other founders, but you're you're one of the founders. You're one of the OG Guild peeps. The originator. You're the originator. That's right. Yeah. So uh, thanks so much for making time for us, especially on, on a day like today. Yeah, super, super excited the days. And yeah, thanks for thanks. Thank you for having me. Uh, I'm in Berlin, by the way, for the EAT Blockchain Week or like for the EAT Berlin and DopCon events. And we are going to celebrate the merge tonight. And uh, let's see what happens, <laughs> what we wake up to tomorrow. I'm super, super excited. That's so good. Celebrating the merge in Berlin uh, all together. I'm so just so much FOMO. So everybody at that party has to be risk on, right? It's all risk on. Hundred percent. Yeah, that's right. That's cool. Well, Raz, uh, could you just uh, go ahead and let's kick it off by hearing your origin story? I love hearing how people got into crypto, how uh, they got involved, and then and then tie that into how Guild got got off the ground. Okay, cool. Yeah, we we have time, right? Like we this podcast will last like one hour. Yeah, we can. It'll last as long as we want. But yes, generally it's an hour. I can give you the long intro then, <laughs> or at least like the detailed one. So I'm Rez. Uh, my full name is Robert, or like uh, Robert Zaviasa. That's that's why I use Rez. Like that's just a shortened version. And I grew up in Hungary uh, as a children, like first children of uh, one of the co-founders of one of the first Hungarian internet provider companies. So essentially, my my father was the the DevOps guy at, at this company in like '93. Where, where they started providing internet to Hungarian institutions. And I essentially, I, I born into this. Like I, I was learning programming even before I was able to just read, <laughs> which is kind of awkward and sounds, sounds silly, but still that, that's what my father did to me. And uh, yeah, like, uh, looking, like taking a look back, it, it was the very right decision because essentially I was able to... Uh, I was able to learn a bunch of programming languages uh, at, at ease, essentially. I, I learned like a bunch of them, but I, I started with very difficult ones, actually, like uh, Lisp and, and like with a bunch of uh, parentheses and, and like functional programming and uh, uh, immutable data structures. So even, even the blockchain was <laughs> uh, in concept, not, was nothing new to me because, because of the immutable data structures I, I learned before. Uh, but the point is, I, I grew up on the internet. Uh, I learned a lot of these, uh, like I learned a lot, of, a lot about the programming languages and, and just the internet culture in general. I, I became part of the internet culture online and uh, I also started playing games and uh, I, I was particularly obsessed with a game called RuneScape where, where I first started learning English words and that's also the place where I started learning about trading and uh, how the economy works. and. Uh, I, I ended up starting a merchant clan at the age of like 11 or something like that. And uh, 
Yeah, it all starts with RuneScape. I really, <laughs> really love that game. And that game gave me the insight that like virtual economies can exist, like they can be legit and uh, they can be super, super fun. But they, they also like, I, I even got the insight into like, how could they uh, turn into something terrible if people are like start using it for like online games for like uh, uh, like illicit activities and, and stuff like that. So yeah, I, 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 I faced this challenge in my life and became a huge fan of like everything that's like digital goodies, uh, digital like tradable items and uh, anything essentially that I was able to trade on the internet. And my younger brother did that too, like when, when he discovered like CSGO, like the skins and stuff, like he immediately started turning huge profits on, on that. So uh, essentially my, yeah, me and my brother, we are like pretty much into uh, these online economies since like even before the blockchain. But uh, I heard about Bitcoin uh, maybe at first at like 11, uh, but then only only joined the space in 2013. That was my uh, entry point And that was when I started buying uh, Dogecoin, which was like uh, one week old at that time, or like just a couple of days old. And I also started mining, uh, started getting involved with the community, uh, started running little like chat uh, groups on IRC, because back then, like we only had the Bitcoin talk forum and IRC, like no Discord, no Telegram, not even not even Twitter was really used at that point in the crypto community as special. Uh, but later on, like, uh, yeah, I, I learned my lessons very early. So like uh, in the first, like essentially I became a dropout because of Dogecoin and, and I became like a full-time trader in cryptocurrencies. And I really enjoyed that, but I learned my lessons very early because in just like a matter of months, I, I went from uh, zero to like... 25x and uh, then almost lose everything <laughs> in just uh, a blink of an eye, uh, like uh, overnight. Uh, because I also like started investing in like early uh, token projects and like we, we called them coin IPOs back then. Like even before uh, the ICO craze, like which was in like 17, in 14, actually like very few people know about this, but in 14, uh, there was a very similar hype cycle that we called the, the the coin IPOs. And I participated in most of these coin IPOs and that's how I lost my money <laughs> in early 14. But that, that was the lesson. And uh, I, I quickly realized that I, I don't care about money that much. I care more about like these opportunities in this space. So I sticked, I started working, I started educating myself and, and my like uh, peers and my friends more. And uh, yeah, that's that's how I became a part of this new emerging culture and movement called the crypto or like what a great, what a great story. Uh, I love that you're like, well, I was 11 and I knew about Bitcoin, like, <laughs> but I didn't. It was until 2013. Then I really started getting into it. But I feel like RuneScape is always it all comes back to RuneScape. And we've got an uh, old boy in, in the chat talking about how they didn't take their RuneScape 2D version of party hats into classic mm. or 3D self-rugged. That sounds bad. I, I didn't know that actually, but pretty, pretty fun. I mean, RuneScape, when they, when they banned the Wildy, the, the Wilderness, and then also banned free, free trade, and that was a huge 
like probably one of my biggest childhood traumas that like Dreamscape banned free trading because then I obviously like had to stop doing all the trading and stuff. And that's that's why I was looking for all the opportunities to trade something online because I really enjoyed it as a child in RuneScape. And then because they ruined that, I was looking for something to continue the adventure, like continue amassing a digital wealth, even if it like in, in the game, it didn't really worth anything. Like obviously like you were able to sell it to friends and stuff like that, but that's not how we looked at it at that point. Uh, and we were very, very excited with my brother when we realized that like NFTs are coming and all this new wave of digital collectibles. It it meant the word for us, and uh, yeah, and and basically after the fourteenth, uh, like the, the hype cycle in fourteen, I I stick to the community. I didn't really make it in seventeen because I was like very very suspicious of every ICOs and every investment opportunities. That's because I already like experienced the hype cycle and I I knew a lot about its nature. Uh, so I, I almost stayed away from most of the opportunities in 17, but then I, I realized later on that uh, this is starting to becoming my expertise. Like I know a bunch of stuff about cryptocurrencies, their histories and these communities around them and uh, the organizations around them and, and also like the new ways of how people can organize themselves on the on, on the blockchain. Like I became a huge fan of the of the idea of DAO. Uh, I started investing in in DAO related products like uh, Aragon, DAO House, uh, DAO Stack, Colony.io, and uh, I was very very excited about them. But uh, then, like uh, obviously, like Future had had a different idea, and uh, uh, eventually, like DeFi was what what picked on uh, or like uh, picked up first. And uh, I was fortunate enough to to start my family office uh, right before the DeFi summer, and uh, yeah, that's that's what allowed us to scale operations and start taking this space uh, really seriously and and start without some interesting projects as well. And so, okay, that's interesting. So you were into DAOs, and I, I remember like looking at you know in 2019 using my status wallet which had a dap browser it had it's like like the the one way i could hook up a wallet on my phone to things mm. and i remember going through like the top apps and like seeing the different like the DeFi stuff i could do or whatever and then like learning about DAOs and then showing up with DAOs and being like okay this hasn't really hit yet so that's interesting so you you like the DAOs. DAOs really appear appealed to you raz but they didn't hit yet so you're in DeFi. So how how did you go from DeFi to Guild? Oh yeah, so essentially uh, the DeFi summer allowed me to experience the community in an entirely different way because uh, maybe it's it's just because I'm also I I was also getting uh, a little bit older and a little bit more experienced, but I was able to like at that point I realized that I can reach out to founders. I can reach out to these builders of these projects and I, I can talk to them and and I can collaborate with them. And uh, yeah, that got me very interested and also got me in in, in early stage, uh, like venture capital, essentially. So I started investing as an angel investor, uh, but I also was part of a bunch of venture DAOs because actually like the DAO space, uh, 
was flourishing for a while before or like meanwhile the DeFi summer because a bunch of venture venture DAOs formed and most of these were like these these were like syndicates before like during 17 there were a bunch of like these private chat groups where people shared investment opportunities and like pooled capital together and then invested in certain projects and most of these groups eventually turned into venture venture DAOs and I was participating in, in a bunch of them as, as just a participant. So I, I didn't uh, really want to get involved in, in, with this project, but I was very interested in like spectating them and participating and learning from them because these guys amassed a, a bunch of uh, knowledge on, on like how venture capital works in crypto. Because like initially when projects raised in 14, for example, we raised in Bitcoin. Then a little bit later on during the ICOs, we started raising in Ethereum. Then a little bit later on, we started raising in, in tokens and, and like stable coins. And now we, we are at a point when, when like venture capital almost starting to work like the same exact way how it works in the traditional world. So we, we raise for safes again and, in, and we raise in dollars and, and we raise with like regular contracts. But it had, had its evolution in crypto and, and I was able to experience this and most most of these experiences are coming from venture DAOs, and I participated at least like ten of them. And uh, yeah, that's that's how I I realized that uh, these venture DAOs are actually like using pretty shitty tooling, and like uh, they had to build out everything themselves. Like they 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 had to raise money, like the venture DAOs themselves, to just build out some tooling for their communities some like portfolio tracking but also token gating for for the for the channels they used and for the different tiers inside the venture DAOs and because I I, I was sort of close to some of them because I, I participated uh I, I I wanted to start building something that's open source and like totally capable to 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 like open up the like these investment opportunities to way more people and and the way I was uh, thinking about that it's, it's going to be possible is to make make the DAO tooling like way more user friendly, and uh, if it's possible, make it off chain. So that was very very important for us. Uh, my way of thinking was that like uh, these on chain DAO frameworks are great for certain uh, use cases, but at the end of the day, most of the DAO frameworks were just like fancy multi-sigs like most of the DAOs really just needed like a multi-sig and then besides that they had something like token gating uh, to organize themselves on, on certain platforms like Discord and Telegram and uh, yeah we wanted to build something that can be used for off-chain actions for DAOs so like eventually for voting and so for for all sorts of uh, uh, stuff that DAOs do but make it off chain and then only make the settlement on chain so that was that was our idea and we started experimenting with oracles discovered witnet the decentralized oracle network and and started playing with that and started building an off-chain uh trustless DAO framework that can have like the same safety layer that most of the on-chain DAOs have and uh yeah that's how it started and uh, we also like wanted to provide this as uh, as like an open source toolkit for the venture house I participated in. But eventually we realized that uh, uh, we wanted to achieve too many things at the same time. And uh, because we thought that like access management is the most critical part, like essentially like token gating, how, how they called them 
uh, like that was the most essential part to to all of this and because we didn't want to get involved in like multi-sigs because gnosis safe is just perfect for multi-sigs like you don't need anything more maybe just a better like maybe just another ui and and that's already like happening too but we we wanted to build something for access management access control and uh yeah that's how guild started out when we uh like i had a very long list of ideas for how could we improve the the life of DAOs and and how could we build out very interesting experimental tools but then there were there was one particular tool that uh, just stood out uh, and this tool was guild and and the idea behind guild initially was to and and it was also like inspired the loot project that's also very important to say because now we are talking about like 2020 uh, september so that's that's where when uh, guild born and uh, we got inspired by the loot project, by by its simplicity, by its uh, community-driven approach, and uh, also we got inspired by loot because the loot guilds are started to forming uh, around certain like custom abilities, like custom uh, custom attributes of the the loot NFTs. So like they were divine DAO, they were like Katana DAO, and and some others. And uh, we wanted to create, like, we got inspired by this and wanted to create a tool that can be used for uh, creating a party chat for those people who went to etcc and got the uh, the etcc pop, but they also have like a bird birded punk. So you can combine these things and and like meet very interesting people online based on these on chain credentials. Yeah, and that's actually what blew my mind about Guild was just exploring the product. And then, and then like creating the logic, just thinking about, okay, who's got this NFT and who holds this coin? Just thinking about it with pool together, who, who has, who's been to a community call recently, mm -hmm. uh, with a PO app. And then who also is deposited, you know, $20 or more into pool together. And you can easily pull this stuff up from guild which i'm noticing i don't know if you still do this but you at one point the pro even just that whole selection process mm -hmm. had its own name like balancey i think was was what you mm -hmm. called it and i thought like oh this is like the killer app within guild is like the ability to just you know comb through on chain and now even off chain stuff to give a role and access specifically to different people and it updates live it's just it's been the main feature that's blown me away um maybe oh. i'm missing something uh raz but that's oh no, you're I, right i mean yeah. that's serious technology behind guild and the the story of that specific uh part of the product like balancey as we call it it started out as an open source library that we wanted to create to like very easily query the like the balances like the token balances associated to to certain wallet addresses and we had to do this because uh, uh during the defi summer we we got involved in some market making we we essentially we we, we were just running all sorts of different experiments like how, how could we uh like yeah we, we want we wanted to uh be more active in DeFi. so we we run like before that we also run like nodes for a bunch of proof of stake networks but then when DeFi started happening we obviously like provided liquidity for a bunch of platforms like a bunch of protocols and we wanted to automate that we wanted to uh, like optimize the yield uh we wanted to optimize the yield cross chain and the analytics cross chain 
uh, actually we, we, we built uh, like a cross-chain analytics tool in-house like uh, during the, the beginning of DeFi service, so, so still in 19, we built our own analytics tool that was able to monitoring multiple chains. And I think that's, that's where it started. And uh, then we also got involved with, with the market making. And then we realized that market making is not the biggest opportunity here. It is MEV. And we started, started building some MEV bots. And uh, probably you know, but like MEV, to, to, to make proper MEV, you, have, you need the fastest like, uh, infrastructure possible. So we started building out like a very much optimized way to query data from the blockchain. And we used some some very like yeah some even some like secretive uh, uh, stuff for that like we 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 did some very very smart very very clever tricks to do that and uh, this is this is where Balance is born so we we started building uh, this tool to query the blockchain and later on when we stopped doing any MEV because we realized that there are far bigger galaxy brains out there in web3 who are just beating us in every single game <laughs> and uh, it was very difficult to turn turn a profit at some point with MEV we we, we just put it into the uh, into the uh, so basically we we didn't use it for a while but then uh, when guild come to the play come come to the picture uh, we realized that actually this tool Balancy can be used to improve uh, the performance of Guild, the capabilities of Guild, and and all sorts of other stuff. And and yeah, essentially it became a, a crucial part of the Guild infrastructure. Have you? Uh, it, it, and I'm finding more and more that business development is about just like it's not even about building necessarily, building integrations or even linking, but just it's partnering with. And I feel like you're one of the kings of partnership. Like I talk to people and I mention Raz and they're like, oh yeah, yeah. We've talked to like I in a Wasi, you know, just just talking to like Ved from the Wasis and he knows you and you're just a maybe it's just because you've been in the in the space for so long, but I also think you're a mover and a shaker. And you talk to people and you you're um a sponge for information and and that sort of thing. So um have you talked to Rook? Do you know about Rook the product? Sure. We, sure. Right. Yeah. You know, just because you said MEV, MEV is not always scary. Like most of the MEV that we did is is like liquidations and and some some uh, uh, like uh, methods that are like doesn't hurt anyone. Like most of the MEV stuff is actually like built into the protocols by design. They build this kind of stuff into the protocols to to make them function properly. Uh, so we like we didn't we didn't do any like sandwich attacks and like the the less ethical ones. We were focusing uh, clearly on on just uh, the like the ethical part of like MEV. But yeah. Uh, yeah, we didn't get too much involved because at some point it just like became too competitive. Like obviously, uh, but yeah, like uh, regarding like how how we. Uh, started out the business development and stuff like this. I, I didn't think we really did like business development. We we just this like at some point I decided to reveal my identity and and not to be an anon in the space anymore because yeah I've been in the space for a very long time but I only revealed my face first like two years ago or yeah around around like two 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 years ago and even last year when we started out Guild. Uh, if you look at the the page of Agora Space, which is like the studio DAO behind the Guild XYZ, all the names and all the profiles are like pseudo anonymous. So uh, we still wanted to stay like uh, 
uh, unknown because that was not our like the, the, it was always about the product and not about us and uh, yeah we our approach was a little bit different compared to most of the DAOs that already existed in the space because I because of my involvement with this community for a very long time I knew that the core values of of cryptocurrencies and and web free now is transparency and inclusivity so like permission let the permissionless nature of the tools and the inclusive natures of the communities and i was honestly like kind of uh, uh like annoyed that most of the other projects have like different approaches and like trying to be very exclusive and then like trying to teasing people all the all the time and like hiding stuff and we didn't want to do that we, we we wanted to do the opposite we wanted to reach out to everyone and talk to everyone and and meet them and understand them better and and like deliver something for their needs and and deliver something that can be actually useful for them like today and uh yeah that was our approach and i i took the like i i decided to uh just make it happen and like started scheduling infinite amount of calls like I've, I've been in hundreds of and hundreds of calls maybe even a thousand calls during the last year so uh yeah i i, I met a bunch of people and I, I most of them i met during the last last 12 months because of guild because we we wanted to reach out to people we wanted to ask for for your for their advice to to hear out their problems and 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 also just to know them just to know the community better and to better understand it and and to that just to make it uh just to make it uh uh possible to fine-tune our our like long-term vision and to be a well aligned with the 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 community of ethereum because we were like also like uh uh purposefully wanted to like uh uh, be part of the Ethereum community. I've, I've been part of the Ethereum community since like five, 15, but still like uh, it was very important for me to be very focused on, on just one community. Like we didn't want to focus on like Binance Smart Chain, even if it was like super, super hyped and uh, neither other chains. We, we just wanted to know the Ethereum community and I took the time to to know as many people as possible personally. So then what's the goal with that, Raz? Like as you're meeting everybody, you're you're in all of these calls, community calls even, like just listening, being the sponge that you are. Like mm -hmm. what's the business model for Guild? Are you trying to become profitable? Are you just trying to like acquire users? Are you trying to be useful? What's What's the deal here? Yeah, like when we started out these calls, and I, I remember when we had uh, uh, like we we had a community round, like a, a small investment round, and uh, Seed Club and and some of the fine folks at Seed Club participated in that, and uh, they were actually like quite skeptical about our approach initially. And I remember when the uh, the last reason that I gave uh, Jess, the founder of Seed Club, why why they should invest in us is that like because honestly what we really want to do here is just to build dope shit and, and like build build something that's being used because like i have a different background than most of the founders i initially was a was a developer i initially like i built many many different stuff during my life but then i became an investor and i uh, like thank God I, I I was able to become like a relatively successful investor first, and that was my origin story. And then I decided to stop focusing on investment alone, and then 
start getting involved in in like giving back and like start building something useful and and something interesting that uh yeah that's that's actually gonna change the state of DAOs and the state of web free communities and because i had a clear vision had a clear vision of like prioritizing user experience prioritizing security over like uh necessarily like uh making decentralization always the the first thing we we wanted to like really be like well aligned with the longer vision of this whole space and and uh somehow like influence the community to come with us and and also prioritize these things instead of like being very idealistic and and trying to build everything uh decentralized out of the box and and like uh yeah, also, also, so all sorts of crazy ideas that people usually have when they get into the space or like when they pivot in this, into this space. Because like I, I still honestly believe that according to my technical knowledge, uh, some of the only decentralized things in this space is are, are are just like Ethereum and Bitcoin, and there are not not many other like decentralized even just layer ones out there, and. Uh, when you when you look at the protocols like for example on ethereum obviously they are decentralized if they don't have a proxy contract because they live on ethereum but when when it comes to infrastructure when it comes to tooling when it comes to wallets when it comes to rpc uh, nodes when it when it when uh, or like rpc providers and when it comes to like data storage when it comes to a bunch of other things those things are actually not decentralized those things are just just part of the stack that we have today and it's it's okay that way for now like it's it's okay to have a very decentralized ethereum and 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 just to support everything with i mean that goal and uh instead of like trying to i mean challenge ourselves with impossible or like very very difficult problems instead we just build certain things that are actually can be used and and can be used to and not just can be used but can be scaled and uh, yeah, I, I got obsessed with this idea. I also also with like providing better security for for I mean with with our tooling, uh, because that's that's another point. Like when when you like desperately trying to decentralize every part of your infrastructure, you will probably run into like serious security leaks and and security issues. So yeah, it, in short. Uh, we wanted to we wanted to change the community and, and we wanted to change the future of crypto uh in a little uh, in, in a way that like we wanted to add at least like one piece to the puzzle and that that piece is access management so what's the what's the next play for guild what's what's the the future for you know right now it's discord roles it's rewarding users it's um you know it's it's this really cool organization of the space of the community and uh I, all these requests come to you right like chiark would be here if he could he's he's uh hmm. taken off today for special reasons but like uh i know he just like sends feature requests all the time so i know mm -hmm. that you have a bunch of all these avid users who love the product because and you've prioritized user experience and you've prioritized security and they're asking you to do all of the things because there's so many things that guild unlocks in the imagination like oh we could do this or oh we could do that and i know i've yeah. been one of the one of the people like hey here's my list of things that'd be awesome if you could do so how do you prioritize what to do next and like limit scope creep keep to your vision 
and still be innovative and and still kind of appease those users all while giving us alpha give us that guild alpha please okay so like in short there is not much alpha in a way that we will continue to do what we do today like i grinded over the last 12 months because i wanted to get into a state where we get enough feedback from enthusiastic users and and friends and uh community to 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 like uh gather enough data always that to see like what's really needed from people and essentially that that's what that's what we do now like obviously like besides uh like strengthening our infrastructure and scaling up it now uh we also want to focus on like what are the emerging use cases because exactly as as you mentioned like uh guilt can be used for so many different things and uh whenever like somebody asks me like okay so this is token gating and and you you connect discord with ethereum okay and and then you do telegram as well and okay now you have now you have google drive but uh what's next like what what else like what else you can do with guild and uh, i like to say like you tell me like it's <laughs> you tell me what should we what should we do next like really like what what are the emerging use cases that we should implement when it comes to access management and and that's what's happening right now uh we are running a, like a massive operation to gather all the feature requests gather all the insights gather all the emerging use cases use cases and then start rolling out all of them one by one and and make them available and because of the simply simply uh, simplistic uh, nature of guild that there are only three things in guild like there are requirements there are roles and then there are, there are rewards it is like relatively easy to like essentially categorize all these feature requests together and then just play like uh, uh draw out a roadmap and and follow that and uh, one by one implement all the exist like all the exciting new reward types like new new platforms that people want to see uh in connected in connection with guild but also like the new requirement types on the requirement types like obviously like verifiable credentials are coming uh, a bunch of identity related projects are coming to guild in the next couple of months uh also for for like we we are about to uh like we, we are about to start uh some partnerships for like civil attack resistance and and also we continue to improve the anti-bot protection of guild and uh, yeah these are very important issues and uh, we want to focus on these more and we on, on the distribution side because you mentioned that too we we still focus on pop so because we we like guild became the like the officially supported uh, distribution method for pops in discord and that's that's actually a great honor for us and we want to make sure that this distributed method will last and it's going to satisfy all the needs and and all the requests of the community so we continue to focus on pop we continue to focus on adding additional requirement types like verifiable credentials other off-chain platforms uh even some gaming related so like uh, maybe this is an alpha that uh, you will be able to verify if uh, somebody uh, bought bought all the games from a gaming studio and like achieved very difficult achievements in a game uh, and and this is all going to be so much fun when you start combining like achievements in your steam library with your on-chain assets and like activities on social media uh, 
meanwhile, we also add like obviously more reward types. And because we have an SDK, uh, now we are a little bit in a different position when like it's not entirely just on us like what's going to be possible with guild because with the sdk developers can build out any new experiences any new token gated solutions or like any new exclusive access to any platforms that they have access to or like that where, where they are developers so uh, we work with a bunch of developers and and trying to fine-tune the the sdk further on and uh yeah, as as I said, we just continue this uh, this development process. Yeah, and I mean, as you're talking about games, we hear this that uh, Starbucks and Polygon are now doing a thing with NFTs. So my community can now extend it to IRL if I'm going to get a latte at Starbucks. There's so many possibilities, but I love that. Yeah. Your users are going to tell you, and then hopefully, I mean, what you said with the SDK is that people will start building, will be able to build into that. So how do you how do you manage security with getting more people using it, right? Like more developers developing products with the SDK. How do you keep things secure? Oh, yeah. So on our backend, like the different services are sep all separated. So like, for example, the Discord runner is separated from the database handler and the database handler is, is separated from the query engine. So like each of them have like separate boxes and uh, these boxes communicate together. And this but this is just an example, like we, we use multiple like best practices uh, that we can like uh, use to secure the backend more. Uh, but also, uh, the idea is to keep everything as simple as possible. And, and also like there is, there is a huge alpha in security because, uh, like if you can minimize, uh, the reward for any attackers in a, in a, like an attack scenario, then the attack will most probably never going to happen because if they can gain basically anything from the attack and because like our database is essentially like accessible through the SDK. Like you don't have to hack into our into our database. You get the data anyway. Like why would you why would you hack my hack our database? Obviously, like you can you can do that if you want to modify something and and you want to uh, do some stuff. But still, like the idea is to minimize the rewards for any attackers and and also to keep everything as simple as possible and separate it from each other. And then also with security, I think about POAPs and I, I've gone through the, you know, it, it's not easy to get a POAP. Like you can, you can, you, you apply, you, you put it up, the community like gives you a thumbs up and thumbs down. There's only a certain amount that you can get. It helps if you know somebody to help you with it. But all of that is actually good because you're not going to have like Sybil attacks. And I've also used like Project Galaxy. Now Galaxy has like an OAT. Um, and yeah. that one is very easy to get, but it's also like very Sybilable. And so it's yeah. just, it's, you know, just like what you were talking about, uh, Raz, with decentralization, really the chains, the only thing that's decentralized is the chains. Everything else has to have some sort of centralization for security purposes and for, uh, you know, user experience purposes. But it's just finding that, like, how can we actually find that optimal space where it's easier to get PO apps? And I love what you just said about, like, minimizing the reward for attackers. Um, and, and like, a new thing with PO app is that you can actually pay for PO ops now. You can actually, yeah. like, which is really cool because that minimizes the PO app farmers now. You got to pay for all the PO apps. So, like, why are you going to farm them? 
if you have to and pay this, for them. The same applies to token gating as well. Like when you uh, set up certain requirements for people to claim the pop, that also can make like the the claiming or like not just the claiming but any attack scenario like financially inviable. Because if if you want to like form out pops and you want to form out like a hundred pops and but they sell it only for like. Three uh, dollars, then you're probably not going to spend like three hundred dollars just on just on farming out a random pop in your, after a community call. So, yeah, these are clever things, and uh, these are th these could be good for like some sort of anti-bot protection. But the civil attack is is a beast. Like civil attack, red like defending against civil attacks is is an academic level problem problem currently, and. If you have like a fully distributed network, like a decentralized network, uh, which is anonymous, and and you you want to defend that against a civil attack, you're most probably going to fail in any ways because it's just like not possible, uh, even in a even 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 a conceptual level to to actually do that. So like to defend against uh, civil attacks, uh, and 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 for those who don't really like who who don't know the like the the exact uh, uh, difference between the two, like the difference between anti-bot protection and civil attack is that actually like civil attack is most of the times is executed by by people, not by bots, but people who hide behind like a, a pseudonym uh, identities and they use multiple identities to, to gain certain advantages for their own. So essentially like setting up a bunch of uh, like fake profiles to vote on a decision like if you have a democratic decision and all and every people every person can just vote once then if you set up like a bunch of fake profiles to participate in this democratic voting you are essentially civil attacking that voting because that's not how it should work like you 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 are faking that you are also like another person and uh, that specific thing uh, is very very difficult to solve if if you want to protect privacy of the users and one one particular way that maybe can be a solution is is like biometric uh, like biometric uh, identification uh, some sort of biometric uh, uh, analysis like it could be based on your voice in combination with your face but it could be even just based on your like typing habits like how do you type something into your computer so it could be a many different things uh that that's that's one particular solution and the other solution is obviously like kyc when you fully dock someone they can't fake that they are they are multiple people then they they have to grab their parents and and uh, little brothers and everyone else and and then they are going to civil attack that way essentially so even then if you if you if you apply kyc to defense again against civil attack then even even then people can attack uh, and and abuse like airdrops and and voting mechanisms and stuff like this yeah it's such an interesting problem there's like proof of humanity ways but then there's also like what you just said you can get you can collude there's collusion and I'm I, I'm a big fan of ice poker and that generally with online poker or online games collusion is like also a very difficult problem to to fully nip to fully solve and I guess a lot of it's done by IPs but you can do via like ghosting IP like VPN stuff different things like that but uh it's just a, like you said an academic security problem yeah and 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 on that front 
uh, we decided not to focus on solving the problem itself on our own, but instead to collaborate with some experts out in the world who who are like really focusing on just this problem, like just providing biometric uh, identification or like uh, just providing KYC. And, and we will like make a partnership with them and integrate their solutions and make them available for every guilds. So that's the idea. We are not going to push for any default solution. There is not going to be any time like a solution that's required to use guild, uh, but there is going to be the optionality of all these different solutions. And it's up to the community operators and, and like the guild operators uh, which solutions they want to apply to their community. And, and that, that decision really depends on the seriousness of the community and like how much money is involved or like how, how serious are the decisions that are being made inside the community and stuff like this. Okay, I got to ask this question because it's in the chat. When token? Is there going to be a guild token? Yeah, I, I would love to never have a token, but uh, I'm afraid like for real decentralization, the only way we know today is, is through issuing a token that can be staked and that stake you can like uh, get access to certain things like the basic idea of proof of stake like uh, for a permissionless decentralized network the only way that i'm aware of to make it like really decentralized and and self-sustaining is through a token so uh, and because we are building guild not to uh, build out like a SaaS company or, or like a startup or something like that. We, we build Guild to create a, a critical piece of infrastructure for communities in Web3. Uh, the idea is to make it fully decentralized at some point, And for that, a token would, would be necessary. I love that basically now every time I'm going to ask somebody when token, if they're like, oh, we're not going to release a token, I'll be like, well, then you're not truly decentralized. Raz told me. That's, you're not decentralized, sorry. That's really good. I love that comeback. <laughs> so really, if you're not gonna release a token, then you're not truly Web3. Exactly. That's what you're saying. Exactly. I, I completely agree on that. So that's why we will release a token at some point, but it gonna has it, it gonna have a purpose. Like it, it gonna have a clear and not just one, but actually my, because I've been in this space, I, I've seen countless possible utilities for a token and i also know from just from guild that varies we need to apply a token so it's it gonna be a token with many utilities the raz you built some oh go ahead go ahead no i mean just that that was also like an idea when, when we uh left the DeFi craze behind one of my biggest frustration was that i had huge bags of like tokens without any significant utility like most of the tokens didn't provide like real utilities and we also wanted to focus on access management and like these exclusive like token gated solutions because i believe that this could be a core utility for most of the tokens that are now worthless or like lack of utility so uh yeah i think this is a general like a general huge problem in the space and uh i i will make sure that i implement like all my good ideas regarding that and, and make a token that's really meaningful. I love what you, I just got an idea, or maybe you said this and this is what I heard you say, but like, what if there were a junkyard, a token junkyard, there's, this is probably a thing where like you revive all of the old tokens mm -hmm. that don't have utility any, anymore. And suddenly you add like a little bit of utility to them or a little bit of like, 
you know, runescapeness and feel like, oh, if you have that party hat, you're going to be able to just for funsies, you know, we can do that. Yeah. I mean, blockchain and all these protocols and, and the ERC20 contract is fully permissionless. So if it's out there distributed and, and can be used for like further on, then why not? Like we, we can do that totally. And pull together has uh, TWAB did, uh, rewards. So it's time with a balance. You can go to tools.pulltogether.com and drop tokens on people if you want. Like you can actually distribute it based on their time that they have a balance. So we have a very famous within the pool together community, Bronder token. So one of the, one of our uh, community members made a token just for pool together depositors. And it's based on a, I, I don't know if it's got like waffles or a pancake or something, but it's Bronder tokens. It's very cool. All it does is nothing, but it could do something eventually. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's that's how DAOs should start in some ways, I think. Like, that's a very interesting experiment. And or essentially, like, it, it already happened multiple times. Like, there there was a project or, like, there there's still a project called uh, Alchemy, maybe, or, or, like, the icon of the project is, like, a, an icon, like, a, an Alchemy uh, a glass or something like that. And, and, and they exactly do that. Like, they, they just airdrop the token to some of their friends and, and then shouted out that this is a DAO and, and let's make things happen and <laughs> the token should be the utility. <laughs> well, I mean, the token should uh, like own the utility of, of these new projects anyway. So Raz, you are, and we can end with this question because I, I want you to have as much time for this one as possible because you've started, you've built something beautiful. You've done a lot in the crypto space. And with Guild, I feel like, you know, it's your crowning achievement. It's like, it's this really beautiful thing that's very useful and, and tons of communities are rallying around the product. Do you have mm -hmm. any advice for me as, as someone who's doing biz dev, who's trying to like grow pool together and can, you know, talk to different protocols and partner with people, even if it doesn't make sense, just, just to partner and build something beautiful together. What's your biz dev advice? Like what's your advice for biz builders in the space right now? Today's merge day, big things are happening. The market's down. Give mm -hmm. us some, give us some hope, please, sir. So like this kind of work is actually very difficult. So like, it's not just about scheduling a call and then than like talk about anything it's it's it you you need to be very well organized and prepared for everything and that takes practice like that takes a lot of time so the best advice for usually everything is just to try until you succeed but it applies here as well like you should you should make it a lot of like you should you should do this a lot of time and eventually you will figure out your own way how how you are really effective on this front uh, little things that are help is is having friends because then uh, these friends can can have like casual conversations with you and also like can help with a bunch of stuff and and the best way to make like meaningful relationship like friends is to go to the events and and that's why we are in Berlin as well now like we we came meeting our friends and not to like we we didn't came this week to make any new leads or like new business development uh we, we came this week because we just want to like care about our friends and meet them and and party together and uh yeah that the organic way is the only way in my opinion i love that how do you do you just go to the events that your friends go to that's how you make the decision yeah yeah but yesterday when i realized that uh 
don't like almost like a lot of my friends at Depcon. Uh, I, I didn't have an RSVP to Depcon, but I just immediately uh, <laughs> bombed into bombed into a Uber. Go to the I, I went to the event. And it took me like 15 minutes to convince the bouncers to get me in because all my friends are in and I brought a bunch of Lego. And eventually they, they let me in. So yeah, that's how it works. <laughs> Wait, you, you brought a bunch of Lego, would you say? Yeah, yeah, because uh, for Guild, for every Ethereum event, we, we prepare a new limited edition Lego that we distribute to our friends. And some of our friends are already collectors. So they, they collect the different editions, and we had now a, a Berlin edition. I'm what? going to reserve one for you. Yeah. It, what? They, it, these are, yeah, proper Lego, like proper Lego sets, and everything is uh, homemade. Like our, our uh, uh, front-end engineer, Kov Jonas, he's a huge brickhead. He comes up with the Lego ideas. He models the Legos on, on his, uh, in his tool. And then another guy, he, he orders all the Lego, like this is recycled Lego, obviously. And then uh, we like separate the parts uh, by hand together and, and then uh, pack them together. And, and this time we brought like 50 packages of high quality uh, Guild Lego merch. That is incredible. So what are these? I got to find like a link or a picture to it. But what are, what are the models? Like what's the Berlin model? Oh... Uh, so it's it's like a DJ pult on on top of the uh, like this big bridge in uh, in in Berlin. Um, I, I re I'm really sorry, but I don't remember the name of it. No, I'm that's very awesome. good. Okay. I'm very bad with yeah, names. so it's like different scenes or something, or like a, yeah, a like exactly. a, like a character or something. Yeah, like the 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 rarest one is was from New York, and in New York we. Uh, model the Empire State Building in a way that uh, the Guild logo was built into the Empire State Building at the oh, bottom. I had this dream once, like where I like I get on these kicks, right? So I like obsess about rock climbing or pinball or and 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 like you said, they just some of them stick around my whole adult life. But one of them that has not stuck, but I still dream about it, is becoming a Lego, like a what is it, a master builder? even though I don't have the attention span for it and it's way easier to just follow the directions, I just have this idea in my mind that someday I'm going to be a master builder and create my own creations. But it's so difficult. It's so difficult. And I really <laughs> well, have that. I, I mean, Lego is, is such a beautiful thing. I grew up on Lego still. Like, I played a bunch of Lego. Uh, it's one of the most creative things. And also, like, low-key, Lego is our merge because it symbolizes composability for us. That's right. So, yeah, that's, that's, right. that's just low-key fun fact. Well, uh, Raz, thank you so much for the time that you've given us here at Pool Together. We love you. We've got, I think, 10, 10 roles plus for Pool Together right now. We've got wow. 1,600 users um, or member, yeah, members that have signed up for Guild. We've been distributing our PO apps via Guild now. It's a beautiful that's experience. Great. We love your product. Thank you, thank you, thank you for your time today. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm thank you. Like you, I, this this is really awesome. Thank you for the opportunity. I'm always happy to come on stage and, and talk with you guys. And uh, yeah, great time. Thanks for listening to the Pool Together Community Podcast. You can visit pulltogether.com to deposit. And we'd love to hear what you thought about today's episode. So visit the Pull Together Discord and let us know.